It's Monday, December 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. I am alone in the studio, but don't worry, you're not going to have to listen to only me today. One of the questions we get most often at The Motley Fool is, how can I get my kids started investing? And we get this from all kinds of parents. Parents of young children, 8, 9, 10 years old. We get it from parents of teenagers. We get this question from parents of young adults who are in their 20s and 30s. And I think we do a pretty good job of offering different ideas. But my guest today uh, comes at it from a different perspective. And that's because McKenna Hassey is a senior in high school. Uh, I recently learned she's a listener of this podcast. She's also a member of our Motley Fool Stock Advisor service. So I called her up uh, so I could ask her about how she got started investing, what adult investors like me can learn from teenagers, and also to ask her about her other passion in life, sprint car racing. Let's start with, when did you first become interested in investing and the stock market in general? Well, I've always, ever since I was little, been obsessed with money. And I, my parents were showing me pictures the other day of me as just a little toddler, like rolling around in money. And <laughs> so I started partaking in business activities for ever since I can remember. We, we would pick cherries from the orchard in my backyard, and I would sell them door to door and walk dogs. Um, I sold hand sanitizer outside of porta potties to make money when I was little. So I've always been really into making money. And when I was in third grade, I heard about the stock market and I was about eight years old. And I asked my parents about it and they explained to me that it was like having ownership in a company. And at the time, it was almost to me too good to be true. I just didn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that you know, I could own McDonald's or Walmart or something like that for, you know, less than $100. And so that was what I think refrained me from um, actually really diving in at the time. But my parents, you know, said you would have to pick a company that you really like or that you're interested in. So obviously being a little kid, I said McDonald's. And they said, well, you want to try and find something that's kind of up and up and coming and and something that's really going to grow. And so I kept my eyes out for a really long time and and I chose Crocs because at that time they were kind of starting to get big and they had all these kiosks in the mall but no stores or anything like that. And so I thought that that would be a great company and then I remember my parents telling me that they didn't think that was a stock. And actually once I got into the stock market I looked back and it was at the time it actually had really good returns. But anyway, so I started I started following the stock market, and then uh, sometime in middle school, one of my dad's coworkers had one of those, he had an account with one of the companies where you can get on and kind of play with fake money, and so I started doing that, and that was pretty helpful, and then when I got into high school, I found The Motley Fool, and I started watching all of their videos and reading all of their articles, and that's when I started investing my own money and building my own, own portfolio. So how many stocks do you have in your portfolio? I have... Ballpark. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you mentioned coming across the Motley Fool. How did you first come across the Motley Fool? Was that through a... a 
a class in high school, or was it just you're clicking around the internet one day? It was from Yahoo Finance. Um, my, it was from their articles always popped up along the sidelines. And one of the things um, you had mentioned to me earlier is that uh, it's not just online. You're also, it seems like, a, a pretty interested reader. Um, what are a couple of books that you've read that you think, oh, for, for anyone, whether they are in high school or a young professional or someone just getting started investing, what, what are a couple of books that have been helpful for you? Well, I think... Okay, so Warren Buffett, The Making of an American Capitalist is probably my favorite just because I love Warren Buffett. And then my other favorite is uh, Warren Buffett, Invest Like a Girl and Why You Should Too. And I also like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, even though that's not completely about investing. And Million Dollar Portfolio. What is it about Buffett that you find interesting? Well... The thing I like about Buffett is when I first started reading his book, it takes you back to the very beginning, well, way before his dad, grandpa, great-grandpa, and it goes all the way back to the very start of the Buffett family. And the thing that I really liked about that book was, I know Warren Buffett's, one of his favorite books is The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, and he said when he read it, it was like something just clicked, and that's you know, he really fell in love with Benjamin Graham, and that's how I felt when I read Warren Buffett's book because I could, I felt like I could really relate a lot to his childhood, and I really liked his passion for investing and how he came up with all these really creative ways and um, unique ways to kind of step back and do things differently than other people. And he also showed to me that um, he he didn't look for help from other people. He wanted every penny that he ever built to be his own, and he was really determined. And I think that's really important because he didn't really have anything given to him. It sounds like your parents have been very helpful and very supportive. I'm curious, though, since you are in high school, what is the reaction of your friends? Because I have to believe that your interest in the stock market is, and I'm just guessing here, but I'm guessing it's not a common interest that is shared by a ton of your friends. <laughs> no, it's it's not. They do think it's kind of boring, but at the same time, they also kind of have found, I think, an interest in it too. Uh, when I was, I believe, a sophomore, I gave a 45-minute speech in class about Warren Buffett, <laughs> and I might have put everybody to sleep, but... I, after the fact, it was kind of like they started processing it, and I had a lot of kids in my grade and my friends that wanted to know m- more about it. And so sometimes we'd be hanging out in the library, and they would ask me a lot of questions. And once we would get going and I would start explaining it, then they would become really intrigued. And sometimes classes will just touch on it, just business classes will touch on it a little bit. And I think it immediate, like instantly there's some confusion there. But then after class, when, when I explain more of it to kids and I think they start to realize a little bit more how easy it is and how much more they can relate to a lot of the companies then I think they start to build more of an interest in it. Well that's the thing that you said that uh, that uh, really caught my attention was it seems like that light bulb going off 
happened really early for you. The idea that, oh, wait, it's because the stock market can be such an abstract thing that just, and Wall Street can just seem like another planet sometimes. And it does seem like the light bulb of, oh, wait, I get to be a part owner of this company. And then once you start to realize, and it sounds like this is happening with some of your friends, once you start to realize that the businesses that you interact with all the time, the the you know that you can buy shares of the company that makes the iPad. You can buy shares of the company that is serving you that latte or is making the athletic gear that you're using. Um, once that light bulb goes off, I think that in some ways that simplifies things. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially with teenagers, I think there's a lot of opportunity there because no offense to. Older age old, analysts, old, old people like, like me. I get it. No. <laughs> no, but they talk about Twitter and Facebook and all these companies that are completely kind of like encompassed by teenagers. And there's probably no people better out there that know some of these companies and where they're going. And, and you know, if they're kind of trendy or, or if they're going out of style, teenagers always seem to be the first to know. And so... You know, sometimes I would even, if I was kind of looking at a stock, I would sit, sit around and ask questions to kids at school and stuff. You know, what what do you think of this product or this or that? And and to me, it's actually kind of helpful because, you know, oh, that's going out of style or, you know, oh, this one's better or something like that. And so I think if they could apply that and realize they could apply that and be successful, then I think they would be really interested. All right. Well, now I have to take advantage of your expertise as a teenager. Uh, what What is something that I should know about? And what is something that is maybe perceived to be really popular with teenagers that is, is kind of on the way out? Well, it's kind of tough because I might not be the best teenager to be asking because I think I'm usually model more of an adult and I'm kind of not always the first to know either. But Definitely, clothes-wise, uh, I've been asking people that lately is with the Abercrombie and American Eagle, Aeropostale, Hollister, all those guys. Definitely, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch and Hollister seems to be common as on their way out, uh, along with Aeropostale, definitely. And then American Eagle, though, is still seems to be pretty popular, and, and kids still seem to like that. And then Facebook is... Um, definitely on its way out, I would say, among teenagers, with Twitter being the number one favorite. Do you think the fact that Facebook owns Instagram helps Facebook as a business? I think it does. Um, yeah, I definitely think it does, although I don't I don't know if a lot of teenagers make that connection. But I would say Insta- Twitter would obviously, I think, be the number one choice. But I think Instagram's also right up there. And the other day in class, we actually did a poll, too, on if you use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all, all those guys. And Twitter was pretty dominant, but I know Instagram was probably, I think, second close. So, uh, I want to ask you one final question about investing, and that is uh, you are a member of Motley Fool Stock Advisor, our flagship service. Um, I know your parents have been very supportive was there any sort of back and forth with them when you went to them and said, because I'm assuming you don't have your own credit card. I'm assuming you had to go to one of them and say, hey, listen, I want to sign up for this service, but one of you is actually going to have to put down the credit card. 
Yes, they did. Um, but um, yeah, they did. I I did have to pay them back, but <laughs> um, they they were pretty okay with it because it's better than you know putting money somewhere else or around something that can't help benefit my education or my investing skills and also um you know they could probably benefit from it too and stuff if we um if they if i tell them the things that i learned from it and everything <laughs> like that <laughs> i like i just like the idea that there's the, even the slightest possibility that they're putting down the credit card yes you're paying them back but they're executing the transaction but there's just the slightest possibility that you're going to keep uh, some really good stock ideas just for yourself. Like, sorry, mom and dad, this you, you need to get your own subscription. <laughs> yeah, we do. Me, especially my dad and I. Um, not so much my mom, but my dad and I. We kind of like to joke a lot about our our stock ideas because my dad and I don't always choose the same stocks or have the same favorites. And it seems to be this <laughs> consistent pattern where I always end up choosing this one stock that my dad doesn't own, and it always ends up being really successful somehow. So. <laughs> uh, now, you're in school, and like a lot of high school seniors, you have a job, but unlike a lot of high school seniors, your job is driving a sprint car. Tell me how all of this started. Well, it's a really long story, but... Give me the somewhat shorter version. Yes. <laughs> essentially, what happened was I ran into a NASCAR driver in a shopping mall and fell in love with racing, and it took about five years to figure out that kids raced and that kids raced in my home state and to find a track in my home state where kids raced. And I got the opportunity to drive a car when I was 12, and... It when took you a were really 12? long time to talk my parents into it, but I ended up uh, becoming a race car driver when I was 13 and moved up the ranks, and now I'm racing a 305 sprint car. Uh, hold on a second. You were 12 when you started driving? Yes, and actually most kids start when they're four, so I felt very old at first. <laughs> so now you're driving a, th- uh, a 305. Explain to me what that is, because my, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to race car driving i'm familiar with nascar i'm familiar with the indianapolis 500 what is a 305 sprint car well most people are pretty unfamiliar with it but there's three types of full-size or three common types of full-size sprint cars 305 360s and 410s and that's cubic inch motors and 305 is it's supposed to be kind of the introductory level of sprint car racing and the 410 class the 360 is a transition class with the 410 class being the World of Outlaws is the professional sprint car series, and that's the type of car that the World of Outlaws are. Now, I know that there have been Indy 500 champions and NASCAR Sprint Cup champions who actually got their, got their start um, in the type of racing that you do. Is that, is that something that's a goal for you? To transition yes. to NASCAR or uh, Indy 500? Yes. However, my main goal is to be a World of Outlaws driver, and that's my main focus. But if I was to someday, some drivers that are World of Outlaw drivers try out NASCAR and things like that, I, I would um, love that opportunity as well. 
I'm not knocking NASCAR because it's obviously been a, a hugely successful business, but from a branding standpoint, I just think World of Outlaws has it all over NASCAR Sprint Cup. That's just me, though. Um, yeah. Now, in the interim, you're graduating from high school this spring uh, college next year? Yep. Um, Drake University to study finance. To study finance. Now, I, I realize this probably would clash with uh, your driving, but we, we do have internships in the summer. So I'm just saying, if at some point you want to take a break from racing and, and want to uh, apply for an, in, an investing internship at The Motley Fool, uh, consider it. Just, I'm just putting it out there as an option. I will consider it because that will that would be pretty amazing. By the way, if you're a fan of racing and looking to pick up some limited edition gear, check out McKenna's website. It's McKennaHassey.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for today's edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>